personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lee, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. We're joined right now by my colleague, Dennis Valet from Liebet Law, because we were having a discussion being excited about PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. We were going to save our business. We were going to do, and we had our, our friend Doug Cabral on telling everyone how to do the PPP. And you know what I learned in law school? Some people see the world as delightful, and then other people see how everything's going to go wrong. And I guess that's the sign of a good litigator. So we were having a meeting in my office, and Dennis brings up all these terrible things that are going to happen from PPP, especially on how it's being rolled out right now. So Dennis, what could be a problem that comes from this PPP that people aren't even thinking about? Well, the government's gotten a lot wiser since its last big bailout programs that it's given to the public. And they found out that people, wherever there's people who actually need help, there's people out there who are going to take advantage of that and commit fraud and try to steal that money. So the government's really ramped up its protections of the way it doles out the money. And it has all sorts of uh, clawbacks and lawsuits and criminal penalties and all sorts of bad things that can get people Ooh. in trouble if they try to defraud the government. Well, let's talk what that means. Money they're not entitled to. You, you're using the word fraud, and I have an idea. I'm an attorney, what fraud means. But what what are you talking about? What is fraud when it comes to this PPP? I just got to pay my freaking employees. How do I get the money? How do I pay them? What is the fraud? What am I? Where am I missing something here? Well, normally fraud is when you try to trick somebody on purpose to steal money. But with the government and the PPP, it's possible that your fraud could just be a mistake on your application where you thought you were entitled to the money or you didn't look hard enough into the rules, uh, you got the payment, and then it turns out you shouldn't have gotten the payment, and that could be fraud. So let's just back up a second. You said a mistake on my application, but a lot of people are just getting these alerts from their banks, or they're having a mortgage broker they're talking to, or another agent, and they're just signing the document. I'll just sign it. You fill it out. That's what you do it. That uh, like You do it. Should I be concerned if I'm just signing a document? Yeah, that's a really bad strategy. That's <laughs> just not what you want to be doing. Because at the end of this application, you're certifying that everything in the application is true. And if it's not true, and you should have known that it's not true, you're going to get banged by the government. So when they just put a sign here tab there, that's a really not good thing to do. I got to read this thing first. Yeah, you got to read it. It's your butt on the line. So you better read it. All right. So when you're saying that, give me an illustration. Like, what could you be writing wrong? Is there something about, like, ownership, criminal? What are we talking about here? Yeah, there's all sorts of little hidden things. Like, for instance, um, if an owner of the business uh, has a criminal history, they may not be eligible to receive money under the PPP. And so you think, well, I'm not a criminal, so that's fine. But the requirements that were promulgated they say that anybody who owns more than 20% of the business, if they have a criminal history, then the whole entire organization is not eligible for the money. So if one of your members of the LLC or one of your shareholders, if they have a criminal history, you're not eligible. Now, the person who submits the application, they're responsible for knowing whether that co-owner has 
the criminal history or not. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're telling me that if I own a business with someone else, I had to have vetted them. I should have used like one of these programs. We use what's called Accurant in our law firm. And I got to check them because their word's just not good enough. Your word is not your bond when it comes to me getting criminal penalties from certifying that you don't have a criminal background. Right. It's really possible that even if you said to the government, well, I asked him if he had a criminal history and he told me no, that still could not be good enough because there's other tools available to you to find out the truth. All right. So let's walk to the next step. Is there another way besides the application that you can be exposed to this False Claims Act lawsuit from the government? Yeah, we got to make sure you're actually uh, eligible in terms of the number of employees you have. Um, one big thing that's always up in the air right now is whether independent contractors are actually independent contractors or whether they're employees. So I know when you get over 500 employees, you're not eligible for PPP anymore. And you could say, well, I only have 10 employees. But if you have 10,000 independent contractors, it's possible that, hey, maybe they're not independent contractors and you're not going to be eligible for PPP. Interesting timing that that came out. I don't know if you recall, Morty Yankovich, our employment counsel at our law firm, and I were having a conversation the other day because there was a new court of appeals, the highest court in the state of New York, a new case that said these drivers that the company thought was independent contractors, the highest court said, no, 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 you call them whatever you want, but they're employees. So you could be thinking you have an independent contractor and not. Yeah, that's the danger. Is not only are we dealing with state law, we got federal law interpretations of it. So it's all sorts of uh, gray areas. That if you feel like you're in the gray area, you better be damn sure. So what you're saying though is, if you're in the gray area, you have to take the side of no risk. So if they could be employees, say they're not independent contractors, count them as employees if they could be employees. Because what are the penalties? What are the risks here? What what could happen to me? Uh, well, the, the most obvious one is there's something called the False Claims Act. Uh, that's a federal law. And just to give you an idea of what that's about, if you're uh, violating the Fair False Claims Act, um, you could get damages that are penalties that are three times the amount of the money you received, Whew. plus fines on top of that that are over $10,000. But really, the, the real scary part is three times of what you received or actually what the government uh, suffered as a loss as a result of you defrauding them. So if I get a hundred grand, like we're talking a three hundred thousand dollar plus penalty right here. Yeah, but scary. how is the government going to know? Like, who's going to tell them? They're not really going to audit all this stuff, are they? Like, how are they going to find out if anyone's doing anything wrong? Well, actually, the DOJ did announce that they're they're starting a task force to investigate these kind of things because, like I said, they learned Already. from. Yeah. The, they learn from the old programs like Katrina and stuff like that. Um, but also there's a, in the False Claims Act, there's a whistleblower provision. Uh, it's really, really beefy. And the, the biggest part of the whistleblower protection is that the person who's a whistleblower that succeeds in recovering money for the government, they can get somewhere between 15 and 30% of the proceeds that were collected. Whoa, 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 um, whoa. And the, Did I just hear you say that someone that just notifies the government and says, hey, I know that this employer is fraud. There's fraud going on here. And I know that they're, they're um, lying on their application. Or I know they're not using the money in the proper way. They're, they're paying off mortgages with the money, and that's not something they're supposed to be doing. I know that. If I tell them that, I could get between 15 and 30% of that $300,000 recovery on our prior illustration. Right. And not only uh, can you just tell the DOJ about it, you can actually do the lawsuit yourself. Um, 
the statute has this thing called a key tam provision where it basically means in the name of the king and you're allowed to sue on behalf of the government and start the lawsuit yourself prosecute the lawsuit yourself um the government can take over if they want but that's how serious they are about catching these people who are defrauding the government realizes they don't have resources to prosecute every single case and so they're letting whistleblowers do it themselves by hiring an attorney. So I, I know there's a lot of these Zoom calls going on right now with offices. And I'm just envisioning, Dennis, that there's this person that's disgruntled, unhappy, mad. She doesn't like the politics of the other people. She doesn't like the slang of the other people. She doesn't like the look of the other people. You just get irritated with people, particularly when you're home and you're doing Zoom calls with other people. And the boss announces the scam that he got, that he he's so proud of himself and everyone's making fun. So this person now has a claim against the boss and they could go sue on their own. And I imagine an attorney would take this contingency because is, there's, is there a attorney's fees or anything available here? Yeah, not only does the uh, claimant get the proceeds, but there's attorney's fees available if they win, too. Yeah. And, and what happens if what happens if the boss is like, I hate you, Sally, you, you're terrible, I'm going to fire you now because you complained. Is there anything there? Yeah, and then there's retaliation protection built into the statute. So if you're demoted, fired, discharged, whatever it is, you get, you get back pay times two, you get interest, you get compensation for your you know, special damages, attorney fees. It's really serious. They really want to protect the whistleblowers and they really want to encourage it. So just to loop back, so everyone knows what we're talking about. A few weeks ago, we had my man Doug Cabral come on and Doug's amazing. And he was explaining to people about this PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Plan. And we thought this was a lifesaver. And it is a lifesaver for an upstanding business like us that gets ourselves audited. And we have attorneys that go over these documents for us. But I happen to know a lot of our clients just look at applications and legal work as busy work. What do they call it? The paperwork. The, it's just, it's, I don't need to read this stuff. And they sign off on it. And who knows if your broker knew what he was talking about. And as you point out, you might not even know about your partner who owns more than 20% being a criminal. And if you deceive the government or if you use the money improperly, once you get the money and you don't track and you don't have a regimen to figure out what's going on, you can get sued by the government. And better yet, your disgruntled employee can bring a claim against you and they're incentivized to bring a claim and getting 15 to 30% of the recovery from the government when they know you did something wrong and you can't fire them. And if you do fire them, they're going to get two times back pay, Dennis. is Wow. So what you're telling me, what should someone do now when they're getting this money based on what we just explained to them? Well, the business owner, they got to they gotta really track where they're putting this money. So when they're done with the full program and it's time to be forgiven, hopefully, they can show the government exactly how they spent it. They can show the government that they didn't fire employees, that they kept everybody on board, they used the money for the purpose it was supposed to be used for. And really, they should hire an attorney to make sure that everything they're using this money for is permitted under the Act. And to not do that, the risk is just off the charts. So what we're telling you here right now, whether it's an accountant, an attorney, whether you just have an internal team or you're due diligent internally where you're obsessive with the numbers, it's just not something you can play with. This is one of the most important things that people aren't thinking about, that while the government comes in to rescue you, if you mess with the government, they'll bury you. Thank you very much, Dennis, for being with us. This has been great. This episode has been brought to you by the Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Elliman Real Estate. Thanks.
This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentolieb.com.